We're going to wrap up our Christmas, our December series this morning. We've been talking about the fact that we live in a fairly hopeless world, and we, we have hope. And the fact is that hope isn't something. Hope is a person, and that person has a name, and his name is Jesus. So today we're going to look at going from being lost to being found and what that means for all of us. You know, <clears throat> if you've ever lost anything valuable or important to you, like your keys or your wallet or your purse, I mean, it's devastating, isn't it? I mean, life stops and all hands on deck. You have to find that. And if you can't, you enlist everyone around to help you to find it. Call a friend, whatever it is. Okay? I need that. And so it, it just, we, we, it messes up everything. And if you've ever lost any luggage, you ever do that? Especially if you're going international, you're flying to some other country, you get there, you have your carry-on, you're waiting for your bag, check bag, waiting, waiting, waiting. All of a sudden, everybody else has theirs, but you. And you're like, oh, I, I can't go on. Life is going to stop. I, I did some research did you know that over 300,000 pieces of luggage get lost by the airlines every year? I mean, it's just like, where does it go? Who has it? I mean, we don't, right? It just, it's somewhere, and it's just like, I don't know. But here's the thing. Not only do we lose things, and that, that can be devastating. Sometimes we have a loss in our lives. And for some of us, this has been a very difficult Christmas season. Maybe you have lost a loved one. Maybe they're just not here anymore. They passed away recently or this year. So loss and things lost come in many different ways. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to wrap up this still a Christmas-ish kind of a sermon because we're going to talk about Jesus and his birth. But we're going to look at sort of the purpose, the why behind Christmas. Why did Jesus come? We've talked a lot about that he did come and so the details of it, but what is the reason for Jesus to show up? Well, the first verse in your notes tells us exactly why he came. He says this in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to, to do what? To seek and save those who are lost. So, here it is. That's Christmas. In a nutshell, that is why Jesus Christ came. He didn't just come to be a baby. He came to live his life. He came to die on the cross. He came to resurrect from the dead, to come back to life. And he came to save us. And he simply said, look, I've come. This, these are his words. I have come to seek, to look for, and to find, to save people who are lost which is all of us at some point. Every one of us, we are the recipient of, the, of what, why Jesus came at Christmas time. So what does it mean for us? What does it mean to be lost? And then what does it mean to be found? What does that look like and what does that feel? So if you have your Bibles, you can look at Luke chapter 15. That is sort of like the lost and found chapter of the Bible. Jesus gives us three stories, three different things that were lost, and they were all found. We, we, the main characters are a shepherd, a woman, 
a father, but the son is about as main character as the father is. And all of these represent God in some form or other. So the first story is a story about a lost sheep. It says there's a shepherd. He had 100 sheep in his flock. Every day they would go out to a pasture out in a field somewhere. They would feed. He'd watch over the sheep. And every evening he'd bring them back into the, into the pen, into the, the fold, they would call it. And so he's counting them this one, one evening. They're coming through 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. Where's 100? Oh, no, we lost one. So he puts the 99 in, locks the gate, shuts it, and he goes out, does whatever it takes. He looks for the one lost sheep. He finds it. He brings it back. Puts it back with everybody else, all the other sheep, and there is, a, there is excitement. It says, there was a party because the one that was lost is now found. Then we have the story of a woman, and she has ten silver coins. She's in her house, she's counting the coins, and wouldn't you know it, there's only nine. She lost one. So she turns everything upside down in the house just for the one silver coin. And she finds it. And she's so excited. She calls her friends. She calls her neighbors. They come over. They have a party because that which was lost is now found. And then we have the story of the lost son. Now this one's a little bit different because the son wasn't just misplaced. He lost himself. He made a decision to leave and to get lost in other words uh, this father had two sons and the youngest of the sons decided that he wanted his inheritance now he didn't want to wait till dad passed away he wanted it right now which was really a huge insult to the father uh, for the son to want to do in other words the son here's what the son was saying dad i don't need you i just want your stuff and then I'm going to live life on my own without you. Well, he gets it. Father says, okay, if that's what you want, here we go. So he leaves and squanders all of it, every bit of it. In no time, it was gone. It was wasted. He comes to the end of himself when nothing, I mean, he was literally the, at the end of the rope. He says, you know what? I'm in rough shape. I'm lost in life. Maybe if I go back to dad and beg He'll take me back as a servant, as a worker, an employee. I'll work for him. I'll just be one, like one of the other employees. I'll earn a living. I'll have a place to stay. And maybe if he's really merciful, he'll let me do that. Well, he goes back. The father sees him. He's anticipating him. The father literally runs to greet the son. Welcome home, son. And the son says, Dad, Dad, I, I don't deserve it. I just want to be a worker. And the father says, no, son, you're still my son. Welcome home. And he throws a party, and there's a celebration because the one that was lost is now found. Every one of these, there's something that was lost, it was found, and there was a party. And it says, it says at the end of each story that when, when a sinner is lost, all of heaven celebrates. There's a party in heaven for every person who ever says yes to Jesus Christ. Every time. Wouldn't it be, part, wouldn't it be cool to be a part of that? 
I mean, the angels, God, Jesus, everybody, yes, another one is found. So what does all that mean? Well, at some point, the Bible says at some point, every one of us are in that lost category. Whether we feel misplaced or whether we choose to separate ourselves and go our own way, we're all there. We're separated from God. But the thing is, God wants to connect with us so bad, guess what he did? He sent Jesus just for you. Because Jesus says, I've come to look for you and to find you. Because you belong with us, is what he says. So, what does it mean for us to be lost, and what do I lose when I'm lost. So we're, let's connect the story, the different pieces of the story, things that were lost to maybe what, what we potentially can lose sometimes uh, it, when we find, lose our way. So the first one is this, first blank. Like a lost sheep, I lose my direction. I lose my direction in life. So when I lose my direction, when, when the GPS breaks, it doesn't work anymore. And I was depending on that GPS because I had no clue where I was going. I didn't even know where I'm at. And that's how many of us are. When we lose our direction, we lose our way. We just start wandering. <laughs> you keep driving around going, oh, I hope this is the road, right? And, and we just wander. Now, we don't mean to get lost. It's just when we don't have a clear direction that God gives us, we just find ourselves, we lose our way. And sheep don't mean to get lost, all right? Sheep, sheep are just sort of, they just follow each other. And they just run from this little thing to that little thing. They don't think about where they are at the time. That's why it's easy for sheep, especially a group of sheep, to get lost sometimes. Because without leadership, I want you to catch this, without leadership, we tend to just go our own way. And one day we wake up and we go, oh, how did I get here? I'm lost. Look what it says in Isaiah 53. It says, all of us like sheep, we have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. So here's the thing. If you are not following God's plan for your life, you're following your own, you are lost. You may not realize it, but one day you're going to wake up and go, how do I get here? And how do I find my way back? If you're not following God's plan, you are lost. Number two, <clears throat> just like sheep, lost sheep, I lose my protection. Now, it's interesting. If you know anything about sheep, they are probably some of the most vulnerable animals on the planet. Okay, they just uh, they they have no defense mechanism. I mean, they don't have claws. <laughs> they don't have they they can't run away. That's why you very rarely see a sheep all by itself. They're usually in a flock because that seems to be how they protect themselves. Uh, they can't bite other than chew their own chew grass. They can't bite you to death. Okay, they uh, they don't fight. You ever see sheep fight each other? It's just weird if they, anyways, they don't fight, and, and almost any predator 
can overcome a sheep. They have no defense mechanism. And here's what happens oftentimes, is they, they don't know they're in danger until it's too late. In other words, they follow each other blindly till one day they realize they're in big trouble, which is many of us in the world right now. Not only all the time, but especially right now. Sheep are very vulnerable when they do not have a shepherd and they submit to the shepherd for protection. Zechariah 10 says it like this. So my people are wandering like lost sheep. They are attacked because they have no shepherd. So here's the thing. If you are not under God's protection, okay, you, you, you haven't put yourself under God's, you haven't submitted to God under his protection, then number one, it's very stressful because who are you counting on to protect you and to help you? You. You are counting on yourself to guide you and to protect you through life, and, the, and chances are you aren't that good, and if it's up to you, it's constantly causing stress. Okay, let's go to the lost coin. Okay, point number three. Like a lost coin, I lose my potential. Okay? I lose my potential. Now, in this story, the lady had ten silver coins. Uh, I dug in one of my drawers here this week, and I found a silver dollar. This is a pretty cool one. It's, uh, if you know anything about coins, it's a Morgan silver dollar dated 1879. Pretty cool. It's mine. Okay. Now, it's only maybe, depending on the price of silver, maybe $25, something like that. It's not one of the really rare ones. But this coin, as, long, as well as any coin, has a lot of potential. Okay, you put enough of these together, I mean, it can build a house. It can feed a family. It can start a business. It can pay a lot of health care expenses. There's a lot of potential with a coin. Now, here's the thing. If this coin gets lost, remember this. Even though it's lost, it still has its value. Are you with me? It still has the same value. It just has just lost its potential to do anything because it's lost. It's wasted. Do you know where I'm going with this? Even though you may be lost in life, you're still valuable. You haven't lost your value. You are still very valuable. However, you're wasting your life. You're wasting the potential that God has for you. Because every one of you here this morning, you have amazing, unlimited potential in life. God has given you gifts. He's given you talents. He's given you abilities. He's given you opportunities and relationships way beyond anything that any of us are even experiencing right now. You have so much untapped potential in life. Whether you use it or not, that's up to you. You are still valuable, but many of us, we're wasting the potential that God has created us with. Here's an example. I put two verses in your notes as an example of the kind of potential that God sees in us. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. 
It says, the scriptures say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I, I venture to say, I think I can say this in all credibility and honesty, most of us here have barely scratched the surface of what God wants to do through your life, in your life and through your life. This is an example of how much he values you. And then in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, which is a lot, than we can all ask or think, some translations say dream of or imagine, according to the power at work within us. What does that mean? It means that God has so much more that he wants to do with and through your life that you could ever even imagine or think about. And especially, much more than you think you can do. Just want you to know this. If you would sit down and come up with a plan A, say, this would be the most awesome, amazing thing that I believe God could, and I mean, it just might be way out of your comfort zone, and you're like, I don't think this could ever happen, but if it did, this would be awesome, and you present your plan A to God, it would go on his plan B for you. God's plan A for you is way beyond anything you can imagine. That's the potential he has for you. However, if you are not connected in a relationship, in fellowship with God, you are wasting that potential. Now, you're still valuable, but you're wasting that potential that he has for you. Let's go to the lost son. Number four, like the lost son, I can lose my happiness. Because you and I, we were created to live in this relationship with God. You and I were created to connect with God. So the lost son, basically, the lost son didn't just ask for his money and say, goodbye, dad. Basically, what the son was doing, he was saying, Dad, thank you, but no thanks. Give me what I'm, I deserve. I'm out of here. I don't need you anymore. That was literally what the son was asking. I don't want anything more to do with you, Dad. How awful is that? How could a son do that to the father, right? Yet how many of us are sort of right there in our relationship with the Father, the Heavenly Father? We maybe haven't told Him that, but we're like, God, I don't really need you for this situation. I got this. Thanks for the advice, but I'm going to live my life on my own. There's exactly zero difference between you and the lost son if that's your attitude and if that's the way you're living your life right now. It says in Luke 15, verse 14, about that time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. One translation says that he was miserable and lonely. That's what happens when you choose to disconnect yourself from the Father. You become miserable and lonely 
and you're starving. You're starving mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and everything else. And by the time you realize it, <laughs> you've gone way down the road. Now, it's never too late because the Father's always standing there wel waiting to welcome you home. But there's a lot of potential that is lost and a lot of things that are wasted in the meantime. And then number five is this. Is that when I'm lost, I lose my possibility of eternal life. Now, this doesn't mean that I've had it and now I've lost it. This means that I've never had it. Okay, I just never had it. I wasn't, I wasn't saved. I wasn't on my way to heaven. And if we stay in this situation, we won't get there. I've lost the possibility of it. And what it means is that you have prioritized the things of this world and the success of this world over the things of the kingdom of God. It's where you, you live for success here and now. And when you do that, when you wake up every day and every week and every month and every year, you say, man, I just, I want more. I want to be successful. I want this, I want this position. I want this power. I want this money. And, and that's your life pursuit. Just know this. Every, we, every reward you get is here on this earth. And that's it. You're done. However, if, if your life pursuit is the kingdom of God and you live life to the fullest for the glory of God, two things. Number one, he blesses you here way beyond what you could do on your own and you get heaven and eternal life as a reward. It's your choice. Which one are you going to pick? Jesus says in Mark 8, and he says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? It is so easy for all of us. It is so easy for us to get lost in our pursuit of whatever definition we put on success. I mean, there's a lot of good things in this life that we can go after. We want to succeed. We want to do good. We want to do well. For us and our family but if that is what guides and consumes and directs our life we're lost some of us know it and some of us don't yet it's a good thing to be found before you realize that it's too late now these are three stories you have a lost sheep you have a lost coin you have a lost son and all three of these are ways that we tend to get lost at times. See, when we move away from God like this, it's, it's just nat we naturally lose our way. The minute that you start drifting from your intimacy and your relationship and your dependence on God, pretty soon without realizing it, you've, you're just wandering. And you're going, God, where are you? <laughs> and just like the, the father in the lost son story, he's waiting He's always been there. He's just waiting for you to return and to come back. Now, here's, here's, I want you to know this, though. This is really good news. No matter where you are right now in life, no matter what your situation, how lost you feel you are, write this in your notes, you will never lose your value. 
Okay? You will always be valuable to God. You may have lost your way, but you will not lose your value. Let me ask you this. In the story of the lost sheep, was the sheep any less a sheep because it was lost? No. It was just lost. The coin, did it lose its value? No. The son, did he lose it? No. Matter of fact, what happens when, when the father is anticipating the son? He even becomes more special to him. So just know this. If you feel lost, you feel like you've lost your way, like you've rejected God, just know this. God has his eye on you. He's never taken it off of you. And he is simply waiting. Remember, remember what Christmas is all about? That's right. It makes it that much more exciting because God's value for you is that you are so valuable, I'm coming to find you. I'm coming to get you, and that's what Christmas is. John 3, 16. You've seen it. You've read it. I'd like for us to out loud boldly in your bold voice. Okay? Everybody have a bold voice. Let's read this together out loud. I think it's that important this morning. Ready? For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That is why God, God saw the world. The world was lost, just like many people are today. And he said, you know what? I'm going to send them Jesus. And that was what Christmas is about. He sent Jesus to do what? To find and save lost people, which is everyone at some point. And he still does that today. He's looking for you right now, wanting for you to return. So that is God's mission for Christmas, is simply to come and save us. So whether you're a sheep, you're a coin, or a son, or just a normal human being, Number one, you can't save yourself. Okay, you can't find yourself or save yourself. If you could have, you would, and you'd be okay, but the fact that you feel lost in whatever situation you're in means that you need to be found. Jesus came to find you. So, here's what it says in Matthew 1.21. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus and... Because he will save his people from what? Their sins. So from the very beginning, that's why Jesus came. To save us from our sins. To find us and to save us. So, what does it mean to be saved? Now, we're going to wrap it up with this, okay? If I would ask you, if I would sit down with every one of you and ask you, what does it mean to be saved? I think I would give it as, get as many different answers as the amount of people that I ask. There's, there's many different definitions of it. The Bible even gives us several, okay? Saved might mean I'm forgiven. Saved might mean, well, I'm on my way to heaven. Saved means I'm now fulfilling the purpose that God has for me. Saved means I'm redeemed, I'm sanctified. You can use all the big religious words there uh, for that. It means many different things. But what I want to do in the next couple moments is just make a connection between what it means for you to be saved and tie them into the found things that are in chapter 15 in Luke that we talked about. So, number one is this. Like the shepherd, 
going after his lost sheep, Jesus came to rescue me. He came to rescue me, and he came to rescue you. 1 Timothy 2 says this, There's only one God, and Christ Jesus is the only one who can bring us to God. Jesus was truly human, and he gave himself to rescue all of us. Now, to rescue something, now here's the thing. If you need to be rescued from a situation, here's the truth. The fact that you need to be rescued means you cannot save yourself. Or you would have, and you wouldn't need rescuing, right? In other words, you need to be rescued from a situation or from life that you do not have the ability to rescue yourself from. Therefore, you need help from someone else greater than you that can rescue you. That's what God does. Jesus came to rescue you because you couldn't. You couldn't do that. And because you can't do that on your own, you need someone else who can do it. Now, in Luke chapter 4, uh, there's a, Jesus gives us a description of what he came to do. Okay, he, he, what he did right after he was in the wilderness, remember this? Jesus got baptized in the Jordan River, and right away he was led into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights where he fasted, and he was tempted by the devil during that time. Well, if you don't, under, if you don't know the story, by the way, Jesus won that confrontation. He did not give in to temptation, and as soon as he was done with that, he goes into a town, and he enters a synagogue on the Sabbath, and he steps up to the podium, he unrolls a scroll, and here's what he reads. This is like, this is like the introduction of Jesus into the world, and he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to release the oppressed. And Jesus said, look, rolls it back up, and he says, now, this prophecy is happening in your sight in this moment, right? I'm him. (laughs) What this is talking about, that's me and that's my mission. I came to rescue people. And then he describes the different ways that he does that. To rescue means also that Jesus came to give freedom. To rescue you from, to free you from bondage. To free you from things that you can't be free of on your own. Now, the Bible uses a term strongholds, bondage and strongholds. It means that there's something in your life that has got a hold on you, it's got a grip on you, it's not letting go, and you have you on your own don't have the ability to pry the fingers off to free yourself from that. It can be a lot of things. Some of you have, are, you have a bondage of worry. I mean, you worry, worry, worry about everything, and then on top of that, you worry about worrying about everything. Okay, you're stuck in bondage to worry. It can be anything. Uh, It can be an addiction. If you've ever been addicted to something or you know somebody who has, you know what a bondage, what a stronghold that has on you. You on your own don't have the ability to be free from that. You need somebody, something else to help you to be free from that bondage. 
Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's hopelessness. Maybe you're stuck in the bondage of hopelessness right now. You've tried everything, but the world around us is so hopeless that it's caused you to feel like you're in bondage to hopelessness. See, Jesus came to free you from all that, to rescue, to pull you out of. And if you don't ever acknowledge that, if you don't ever cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, only you can help me. I need your help desperately. Would you rescue me? You'll never be free. That's where it starts. It doesn't, now this may or may not be a salvation issue for you. You can be saved and still be in bondage and still need to be free and be rescued. So this really could apply to every one of us here this morning. Now the second one, number two. Like the woman searching for her lost coin, Jesus came to recover me. To recover means to put me back the way that I should be. To put it all back together, put the pieces together. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 in the message paraphrase says this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion and many other things? Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. In other words, he says, I'll put it back the way it should be, the way it's supposed to be. And then he says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. What do you need to recover from? In other words, what have you had that has been lost, that has been taken away from you? Maybe right now it is your hope. This whole series has been about how to have hope in a hopeless world. Maybe it's your joy. Maybe this has not been a very hopeful, peaceful, joyful season for you. And you feel like it's been stolen or it's just lost. And you don't know where it is. Maybe it's your sobriety. You've tried. You're trying really hard. It's just not there. Many different things. Your confidence in life. Your strength. Things are just gone. And you need them recovered. Here's what's really cool. Not only does Jesus recover them for you and recover you, He redeems and restores you. I love this verse uh, in Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Here's what God says. He's, he's telling you what he's going to do. He says, I will give you back what you lost in the years when the locusts ate all your crops. He says, I'm going to give back to you all the things that you lost when your life was messed up, when you were going your way, all the things that you lost while you were lost. I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to recover them. And the, cool, the neat thing about what Jesus does, he doesn't just put it back the way it was. He puts it back even better. He multiplies what he gives you to make it better than anything you could ever imagine. Ephesians 3.20. That's what God does. When you admit your lostness, when you admit to God, here's what I lost, and you just bring it to him, he redeems it, he restores it, and he recovers it for you. Then the last one, number three. Like the father running out to greet his son, Jesus came to reconnect me. 
to reconnect me with the Father. You know, maybe you're here today and you, sort, you feel a little bit like you're in that I've lost my way category, I've gone my own way, and you're thinking, man, God, I know God's mad at me. I know God's really ticked, and I know he's going to punish me somehow. I don't know. I don't know if I ever want to fess up to this. I need you to know this this morning. God represents the father of the lost son. Okay? He doesn't represent a dictator, an angry judge, or somebody who's going to harm you, punish you, and be mad at you. When you, like the lost son, come back to the Father, you humble yourself and say, you don't even have to take me back as your son. I just want to be back. He says, welcome home. I'm not mad. I'm just happy you're here. Let's have a party. Is the attitude of the heavenly Father and he's waiting for some of you right now. He's waiting for you. But here's his, here's his thought in 2 Corinthians 5.17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. In other words, he's not mad at you. He wants everything to be really good for you, brand new. And he says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. To reconcile simply means to bring back together, to make new to make you like new, to make it brand new like you should be, to reconcile. And then just as God is, just as Jesus came to reconcile you with the Father, to reconnect you with the Father, then he says, now here's what I want you to do. Your ministry, your assignment is to go and reconcile other people with the Father. Help them get back together with the Father as well. You know the word we, call, we use for this? It's called grace. You don't deserve it. You know, when you go out on your own and you do try to do life on your own without God, you don't deserve a second chance. You really don't. You messed up, you're done, you're out of here. It's what the world would say. But God says, no. Nah. <laughs> Not only do you get a second chance, I got a whole bunch more chances because you're probably going to need it. It's called grace. I get you what you need, not what you deserve. All the good things. So maybe you're thinking it's number 100. <laughs> I left 99 times, and I'm pretty sure number 100 isn't going to work. God says, no, there's no limit to my grace. I don't keep track. Matter of fact, every time you come and we make things right, they're gone. I don't even remember those things anymore. Let's start over. Let's do it together. I have come to find you and to save you is what Jesus says. Last verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. In the scriptures, God says, When the time came, I listened to you. And when you needed help, I came to save you. That time has come. This is the day for you to be saved. What is this day? <laughs> it's right now. It's today. This is the day for you to be found. 
So whatever situation you're in, maybe you are saved, you've committed your life to Jesus, you're in, you know you have a relationship with God. However, lately, you have been trying to figure things out on your own. You've made some decisions on your own. And you've, you haven't said so out loud, but in your mind you're going, I got this. God, I don't need you right now. Thanks for being there, but I got this one. You're lost. You're not lost from salvation. You're lost in your dependence and the covering and your fellowship with God. You need to be found. You need to come back. Or maybe you're here today and you go, you know what? I don't know that I've ever been connected with God. I've never had that relationship. I definitely am lost. But today's the day I want to be found. I want to be part of the family. I want Jesus to be my Savior.